wanted to play Barbies, wanted to draw with chalk on the sidewalk or blow bubbles or play with sprinklers, you would play too. And after enough playtime, you and your inner child will be close enough to where you, as you did when you were a child, can play. Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess. For what is a princess if not a leader? And what is a leader if not someone who advocates for change? Here to empower, equip, and inspire our future feminine leaders. This kingdom welcomes royals of all kinds. So whether you're a prince or a princess, a king or a queen, or any royal in between, put on your crown and pull up your seat, for the podcast is about to begin. Hello and welcome to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess helping you to live your royal life. Today we have episode eight, season one, episode eight. <laughs> I, I can't believe that we've been publishing live every week for eight weeks. Doing something for like eight weeks straight seems wild to me. <laughs> and I really... Before uh, the very start of it, I definitely had my doubts that I would be able to uh, produce a new episode every week, write one, get guests, all that kind of a thing. And boy, like, I'm very proud, you know, and I'm so happy that you are all here to be with us. I hope that uh, this is recording because I just realized that I'm talking into my mic without plugging in my headphones. So I hope that sounded good. (laughs) LOL, clearly I am not a master yet, but I definitely am on my way to learning how to be a master podcaster, I would say. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here over the last eight weeks. Hello to my friends, new and old, and I must say thank you to my fabulous guests. First, uh, Rose Biggerstaff joined us, and we talked all about how social media can impact our life and how social media can be a choice that we make to show up in the world um, and how that can be really positive for you if you decide to make it something positive. Daji Sanchez joined us then uh, to talk about business. What is it like to be a woman in business? What is it like to own three companies? And what do you need? What does that teach you? How do you make sure that you're not just producing but including the community in and what you're doing. Then we talked to Madison Davis, who is also a company owner. She just opened Vail Theater Company. Give them a follow. And she talked all about the expectations of art and women in business and finances. Her theater company, uh, Vail Theater, is a nonprofit, so she had a really great perspective on all of that. Then Claire Lorraine joined us, and we talked all things Reiki and yoga and crystals and herbs and how to build practices into your self-care that work for you and so that you have a multitude of things to call upon when you are in a time of stress. And then finally last week we had Ariana Atilano joining us. She is Oh my gosh, like one of my personal heroes. (laughs) She is a 15-year-old high school student who is student body president and a wonderful 
local activist. She is going to be a future congresswoman, and she was just a joy to have on the show. I am so thankful to have these friends who are just just incredible and so wise, so wise. They have taught me so much over the last eight weeks, and I am so grateful for all of them. So thank you to Rose, Daji, Madison, Claire, and Ariana. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for coming to the kingdom. Um, and want to check out any of their episodes. They are all currently available. And follow them on social media. All of their accounts will be linked below. So if you want to uh, get in touch with them, see what they're doing, you can follow them on Instagram, TikTok, or wherever else. <laughs> And if you would like to be a guest on the show, just give us an email, info at princessprojectpodcast.com. We want to produce a new episode every single week, every single Monday. So if you would like to be a guest on the show, let us know. I'm sure that we could find a spot for you. And we would love to have you a part of the kingdom. So as I was thinking about all of my past guests over um, the last eight weeks, and everything that we've been through in the last eight weeks and the birth of the podcast and everything like that, I found a very common thread throughout most, if not all, of the episodes. Um, And it was just, it kept popping up, and I have been really thinking about it quite intently um, over the past couple of weeks, and that is the idea of the inner child. I have been working with my inner child for quite a while now. Um, I would say probably uh, probably like uh, towards the end of my college experience, I began fostering my inner child. I've gone through a lot of a, a lot of you know changes and rejection and hurt that blocked me off from my inner child for quite a while. And um, I remember in college, I felt like I had to rebuild my dreams. And they were the same dreams that I had since I was a kid, but I felt like I had to rebuild them from the ground up. And that was when I seriously started to um, make little connections with my inner child. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about what an inner child is and just a couple ideas about how you can connect with yours, your little you. But first disclaimer, I got to say, I am not a therapist. I am not a medical professional. I have my master's degree in education. Uh, So I have my master's in education. And my emphasis in my master's program was social-emotional learning. Social-emotional learning is the tools that we need to manage our emotions, self-regulate our emotions, have healthy conflict, uh, and build healthy, secure relationships with good communication skills. So that's where I'm coming from with this. This could also be considered shadow work for some of you who who like shadow work. Many of these ideas could be turned into journal prompts or something, what have you. But um, this is not any kind of substitute for therapy. Um, I, I am not certified in anything like that. I'm not a doctor. So these are just things that I am sharing that I have done, practices that have helped me um, in my journey 
appreciating and connecting to my inner child. My inner child, you can probably see. You can probably see. (laughs) Because she's everywhere. Oh, I'm so, I'm so proud of her. She has really come out of her shell in the last two years, man. Oh, yeah. I I do my podcasts in my closet, like most podcasters do, and I'm looking around my closet, and there's so much pink. <laughs> Literally, I look to my right, and there's pink feathers, pink, um, like, uber soft, squishy, fuzzy material, and then on my left, there's pink tulle, like, bright pink tulle and a tutu. One of my signature looks, um, tutus, if you, if you know me from my younger years, my, my inner child has always had a thing for tutus. Um, so you can really see it. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess my inner child is a princess. She's an adventurer. She is a fighter. She even, she's even like a cook and a cleaner. <laughs> whenever I do chores uh, or cook anything, I always kind of put on my Cinderella outfits. (laughs) And I have very specific, like, Cinderella cleaning laundry day outfit. (laughs) And um, I don't know. It just makes me feel good. Um, And I'm going to do the dishes anyway. Right? So I might as well do something that makes me feel uh, happy. And it makes me feel close to my inner child. I played dress-up for the first time um, a couple of days ago. And I have not played dress-up in, oh gosh, much longer than I can even remember. I don't even remember the last time I played dress-up. Like, actually played dress-up. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Um, and it's definitely something I'm going to keep doing. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> getting a little ahead of myself, but my inner child, you can clearly see, I even posted a picture of her, um, on my Instagram a little while ago, maybe like two weeks ago. Um, and it's funny to see how that little girl, I posted a picture, um, of me from my, oh, I think it was like my fourth or fifth year old birthday party and maybe maybe six year old birthday party and my mom who is the shining star of my life she had painted me a mural on my childhood bedroom and this mural was was inspired by a particular fairy fairy tale book that I loved um that had like gold pages and stuff when I was a kid And so it was a picture of a hill and a castle and it had like a horse-drawn carriage going over a little stream. And I took a picture at my birthday party and I was wearing a pink, a light pink fluffy dress and a tiara with my hair up in a bun. And I realized, boy, how many years later that this past year in 2022, I visited Disneyland and I took the same picture without even realizing it and it's the same girl it's the same girl from when she was little in her bedroom at her birthday party to being a 25 year old woman 
at Disneyland. She's the same girl. And what you don't see from those two pictures is the in-between. You don't see how that little girl was repressed and twisted and silenced. You don't see how much I tried to alter her in unfair and uncomfortable ways. And no one's responsible for that except for me. I did try to repress her. I thought that people would like me better if I didn't wear pink. I thought that people would take me more seriously if I didn't like sparkles or cheetah print or like whatever. I didn't want to be a Disney princess because I don't know. Because I don't know. I don't know why. Um, But I remember specifically deciding, oh, well, I'm not like other girls. Uh, Right? And many of us go through that. Many of us go through that. But in the time that I spent in suppression, self-suppression, I have now, over the past five, six years, gotten back to myself. And I attribute a lot of that to my inner child work that I have done. Now that she's the same girl, she's back. She never left. She never left me. I might have excluded her, but she never left me. And uh, I'm just so excited to share this with you. I feel a lot more true now to myself. And I feel like my life is much more mine. I feel like I have a lot more say to what my life looks like. And I'm able to make choices in a more authentic way to myself. Simple choices, even just like how I dress, all the way to more complicated choices like where I'm going to live or what careers I'm going to have or what my family will look like someday. So it's been a really empowering uh, part of myself because she is worthy. My little Cassidy, she is worth it. And she is fun. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you guys get to know her a little bit too. So when you um, are thinking about your inner child, an inner child is inside of all of us. Except for you don't have a little Cassidy, you have a little you, right? We all have an inner child. And what is so special and precious is that your inner child holds all of the good that is naturally inside of you. All of the goodness and love and joy that you were born with still resides in your inner child. That being said... Your inner child also carries the hurts, the big hurts that you experienced as a child. Those wounds that pop up every once in a while that seem to affect you in a more profound way than it might another person um, because it might trigger something from your past, make you feel like a small and helpless child again. Although your inner child holds all of your good, all of your natural goodness, it also will hold your hurts. And we need to embrace and appreciate and spend time with both sides of ourselves because they're all you. They're all you. So my first suggestion 
And I think that this is a um, really good first step if you've never um, engaged with your inner child before. If you've never engaged with your inner child before, the first thing that I would suggest is to try to see them with your mind's eye. This was really important for me as I was in serious depressive episodes, right? Sometimes it's really hard to take care of yourself. And sometimes taking care of ourselves can even feel selfish. We can feel guilt or shame for taking time for ourselves, even though we need to do things like eat and shower and have basic, you know, <laughs> Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay? <laughs> uh, that first base level of all, all those things like, like hygiene and food and shelter, those basic elements of survival can be hard when you're trying to take care of yourself, especially when you feel like you might not deserve it or you might feel like it is selfish for you to tend to yourself before taking care of others. But if you had a five-year-old standing in front of you who needed a meal, a bath, a nap, or a hug, you would be able to care for that child without guilt, without shame, because that five-year-old needs you. That five-year-old needs to be taken care of. So I suggest trying to take your inner child and see them, visualize them outside of you. See them with your mind's eye so that when you might be really upset, find it really hard to brush your teeth one day, say to yourself, oh, well, little Cassidy needs to brush her teeth. Come on, little Cassidy, we're going to go brush your teeth. Just like you would for a regular, for a real five-year-old. I'm sure that you can imagine what it would be like to love a five-year-old child that way. To take care of them, make sure that they eat, make sure that they have a nap when they're cranky, and make sure they have a hug when they need to be comforted. This helped me to improve my eating habits, not only eating more regularly, but also eating more nutritious food because my little Cassidy, I want her to be eating nutritiously and have vegetables and a well-balanced diet and all that kind of a thing. And I find, I don't know if you can relate, but I'm sure a lot of you relate, that it is easier to take care of someone else who is not me. It is harder for me to take care of myself than it is to take care of somebody else. And that does come from a place of guilt, shame, people-pleasing, just a lifetime of not prioritizing myself. And so for me, it is a lot easier for me to care for someone who is not me. So by having little Cassidy with me, beside me, making sure that little Cassidy has a nap, has a bath, brushes her teeth, has three meals a day. It really helped me to take care of myself and to love myself. And what's great is that these little moments are little moments. How long does it take you to brush your teeth? Or um, how long does it take you to eat a meal? I know I eat meals in 10 minutes, no matter what I'm eating. (laughs) Um, So that's just 10 minutes where I can spend with little Cassidy having a meal five minutes with little Cassidy making sure she brushes her teeth, an hour with little Cassidy 
making sure that she has a nap because she is cranky today. <laughs> so, so give that a whirl. If you are just starting out with uh, inner child work, spending two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes with your inner child is a great way to just say, oh, hello, you exist, and kind of get used to the idea that they are there. They are a part of you. And slowly but surely helps you to regularly acknowledge them and feel comfortable with them. A lot, a lot of our inner child has been suppressed for most of our lives. For most of us, right? So for me, it was probably, um, oh, it was seventh grade <laughs> where I started suppressing my inner child and pretending like I didn't like the things that I did like, trying to be cool, stopped wearing the things that I liked to wear from seventh grade up until a few, you know, like five years ago, maybe, I suppressed her. I, I excluded her. I did not want her. I did not want to talk to her. I didn't want to acknowledge that she existed. So after doing that for so long, it can be difficult to just ding. Oh, hey, inner child, there you are. <laughs> so having little times with them for just a couple of minutes doing something really easy like brushing your teeth or washing your face or having a nap is a really good way to um, take care of them, be around them. Another way to connect with your inner child is to play. When was the last time you played? <laughs> like played. Played played. When was the last time you played? Go play. Do something you loved to do as a kid or go somewhere that you loved to go. Again, if it's hard for you to play by yourself at first, think of it as playing with little you. If a five-year-old came up to you, a five-year-old that you loved, wanted to play Barbies, wanted to draw with chalk on the sidewalk, or blow bubbles, or play with sprinklers, you would play too. And after enough playtime, you and your inner child will be close enough to where you, as you did when you were a child, can play. As we grow up, a lot of times our play becomes um, productive, right? Um, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. We're now all monetizing our hobbies. Like, <laughs> I feel like my generation, we can't just have a hobby anymore. We all got to profit off of it, make it something uh, profitable um, or even produce something like getting an A in a class. But you don't have to make or do anything except for the enjoyment of doing it. When a five-year-old colors with crayons, they don't think about, oh, like how is this going to add to my artist portfolio or I wonder how much I could sell this piece for. Do you think I could get $500 from an art auction for it? You know, they don't think about that. They make a picture and maybe they'll give it to you to put on your refrigerator. And maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just forget about it. But they had fun creating it. And this is what I challenge you to do. You don't have to create something. Like I said, one of my favorite things to do is blow bubbles. Um, I, I even bought a bubble machine for myself and now I'm discovering I love to play dress up and really playing dress up the way that I used to where I would 
you know, try different things on and then spend a little time in each one and, you know, feel how the uh, clothes make me feel. Um, assume a character if I, if I wish. Playing pretend, playing make-believe. When was the last time you really played make-believe? If your little one asked you to play pretend with them, you would. You would. So how can you do that with your inner child? As you play with your inner child in a way that um, they are external from you, you pretend that they're there, um, you visualize them. After enough playtime, that divide between you of, oh, my inner child is over there, um, your inner child will become closer and closer to you until you're just playing. This is a huge deal for me because I lost nearly all of my joy for things, okay? Like, I loved people, but I lost my joy in liking things, like musicals, for example. I told myself for a really long time that I hated musicals, pretty much any of them that happened, and I would cringe, right? But they say, don't kill the cringy part of yourself. You have to kill the part of you that cringes, okay? Let me say that again for those in the back. That inner part of you that judges you and all of that, you don't need them. And neither does your your little one. Neither does your little you. And with practices like this, you might rediscover things that you love. For me, like musicals and listening to musical soundtracks and just feeling good about it. (laughs) Things like playing dress up. Maybe you love drawing or even things like cooking or It could even be like sports, you know? Um, Maybe you told yourself for a long time that you were not athletic enough and so you stopped working out. Engaging with your body um, in a new way, maybe dancing or just kicking a soccer ball around. It sounds simple, but it lights you in a way that only you can. And so if you're having a hard time finding what you like, finding enjoyment in your regular everyday life, try this and go take your inner child on a play date. Enjoy the things in life that you authentically, naturally enjoy. There is no product to worry about or an Instagram moment to capture. This practice can help you really connect with the parts of yourself that loves. The last um, exercise that I can offer you, hold your inner child. Children need to be held. So we talked about how all of your inner goodness is in your inner child. This is where your childhood hurts, your childhood wounds, needs to be cared for by you. So based on your own specific, individual, unique personality traits and your specific, unique experiences growing up, we'll all have different hurts that we need to care for through our inner child. In your adult life, these old wounds are likely to surface when someone crosses a boundary or um, hurts you in a similar way to which you were hurt as a child. And these things can pop up no matter how old you are or how far you think you are from the problem. 
um, how much healing you think that you've done, these can come back up, right? So please love yourself enough to let yourself cry. We need time. We need space and we need a safe place to cry. And when we were small, crying in a parent's lap was the best, most comforting space. After a bad day at school, or your dog ran away, or you fell off your bike. Now you have adult arms of your own, and you need to be that space for yourself. Even if you didn't have a parent to hold you growing up, you have one now in yourself. So let yourself cry. Close your eyes and imagine holding little you in your lap and squeezing her lovingly as she cries. Let her cry for as long as she needs because you're going to be there when she's done. So no matter how old we get, how mature we are, or how adult we become, we will always need time to cry in our lives. So make it a space where she feels safe. Hold her and tell her you love her. These are just some things I would suggest when you're starting to think about your inner child. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional of any kind. Um, Therapy is so wonderful and so important and has made such a positive impact in my life. I would definitely suggest or encourage anyone to seek therapy. But this is just um, a couple of exercises that I developed myself that I have used to connect with my inner child. And I do think that these three things have helped me grow grow back into the person I naturally am. Now I have appreciated and connected to little Cassidy and I'm never going to let her go again. So thank you so much for these first eight weeks. They have been wildly wonderful. Thank you again to all of my guests and special shout out to Jesse Baxter. Um, Without you, none of this would be possible. Thank you for pushing me to chase my dreams and for teaching me how to like things and how to enjoy things again. Thank you to all of my previous guests, Rose Biggerstaff, Daji Sanchez, Madison Davis, Claire Lorraine, and Ariana Atalano. We have a brand new interview episode coming for you next week, premiering Monday at noon Pacific Standard Time. If you're interested in joining us on the Triple P team or guest starring on an episode, send us an email, info at princessprojectpodcast.com, and we can continue the conversation all week long on Instagram and TikTok at princessprojectpodcast. Thank you again, my friends, and I hope you have a wonderful time with your inner child. And let me know, leave me a comment, how do you like to connect with your inner child? When you and your inner child go on a play date, what do you do? I'm going to have these questions posted up on my Instagram feed. I can't wait to hear a little bit about what you guys have to say. Thank you again for tuning in this week. I'm so proud of you. I am so grateful for you. And I can't wait to continue playing in our kingdom. So until next time, go out there and live your royal life. Toodaloo!